Hello everybody, Ben Marcus here, the Raptors Digest reacting to the Toronto Raptors 121-102 win against the Brooklyn Nets. Really fun game here tonight. Before we get into it, solo pod here today. Uh, I apologize again, same as last podcast, if I sound a bit off. I'm still dealing with this bug, so yeah, I apologize if I sound weird, a bit under the weather. And yeah, sorry for the later podcast as well. It's been a hectic time of year getting uh, my flight's been delayed, going back to Montreal and all the stuff, meeting people, all that. But the Toronto Raptors certainly made up for it tonight with that, or last night with that phenomenal win against the Brooklyn Nets. And it didn't look too good to start. It didn't look at, like the Toronto Raptors really came out. The Brooklyn Nets got a 13-point lead at one point, and then especially the second half. I, I guess the run that led into the half really amped up the energy in the second half. The The team just really took over. So the first player we got to talk about is Fred Van Vliet. 29 points for Fred last night, uh, 11 assists, 4 rebounds, a really nice block, 11 of 19 from the field, 5-8 from the three-point line. And obviously this is coming after that Miami, Miami Heat tough game Tough game, especially for Fred VanVleet, where he was one of eleven for the three-point line. And you know the whole roster, especially came out when they, especially when they flipped that switch. They said they were they were bouncing back, and Fred was honestly one of the only guys that did it from the start, from the jump in this game. And this is what we've come to expect from Fred VanVleet. He, whenever he has a poor game now, he he's just totally revamped his game this season because we saw two seasons ago he was steady Freddy. He'd be just solid every night. Last year we saw a lot more highs but a lot more lows. It's a bit inconsistent. But this year the steady Freddy has come back with with a higher elevated performance. His, his ability on the court has been taken to another level, and he's starting to play at that level consistently. And now we see him ha- have a bad game every now and then, but once he does... You expect just a monster performance coming out the next night because he's been relatively consistent and he knows the level he can play at. So he looks super comfortable out there tonight, shooting his shots, uh, facilitating his passing. Looked a lot better than usual tonight. Made a lot of nice passes to OG who was cutting and you know throwing it to Sergi Baca the same way Lowry does. I don't know. I was really impressed with Fred Van Vliet. But speaking of Lowry, not to be outdone, he had a monster performance tonight. We're gonna leave his his bit to the the segments at the end. But he had 26 points. Five assists, four rebounds, only six of 19 shooting from the field, but some big shots, nine of 10 from the free throw line as well, really had a big impact on this game. Him and Fred really, really carried the way in this one, but yeah, and then the other leading scorer, the other big scoring guy was Serge Ibaka, 21 points, 12 rebounds. There's a couple things I want to say about Serge Ibaka, because if you're watching the games, and Serge Ibaka is a guy... Well, throughout his Raptors tenure, there's been two skills that he's always provided night in, night out. The ability to hit that little post hook, that, that patented Sergi Baca post hook, similar to what Amir Johnson used to do with this team, where he just lays it in two, three feet, never misses it, never misses it, and the midi. That mid-range jump shot's always looking nice, and over the past few games, he's put up some awesome numbers, he's given some nice performances, but it looks like his... Just touch has been a little bit off from where it usually is. I think he, he's missed a few of the ones he, he never misses, right? And uh, usually the issue is just Serge Ibaka kind of forcing some shots, maybe forcing some contested threes rather than getting to his sweet spots. So that's usually the critique with Serge Ibaka, never his ability to make those shots. But I, I'd argue in the past few games, even though he's put up some great numbers, he's been his touch has been a little bit off. But the thing I love about his the way he's playing, even though he's missing those shots a bit more than he usually does... He doesn't lose confidence. He's still ready to shoot it. He's ready to fire it up. And that confidence used to hurt him because 
he instead of going inside, he'd he'd be confident and say, "Hey, I'm a good enough shooter. I'm a shooter contested three this possession." When the Raptors don't have a run going, but with experience playing with Nick Nurse in his offense, he knows to continue shooting from a sweet spots. And yes, he went eight of fifteen from the field, which is really solid field goal shooting percentage. But that's because his persistency in getting good looks and not not being not willing to take them. So. Shout out Soji Baca. He's been continuing to play a super high level this season. And to look at the other starters, Patrick McCullough, he came out guns a-blazing in the start of this game. It seemed uh, it seemed like we were going to get another big night for McCullough. But again, after, after the stretch, he also dealt with foul trouble as well. So maybe that limited his aggressiveness. But similar to OJ Anobi, Patrick McCullough, you could just see kind of a switch in his head. His mindset about how he's going to play. If he's just going to be a, a passive role player or... Am I going to be, is he going to be looking for a shot? Am I, if I'm Patrick McCaw, am I looking to take my three, looking to make my drive and not just being a guy that's supposed to pass it to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson every possession or pass it to Kawhi and Lowry every possession, right? Like, I think if he came out with that same assertiveness on the offensive end, because he always plays solid on defense. If he came out with that same assertiveness on the offensive end, he'd be such a, he's, it's the player that Nick Nurse is looking for. I think... Nick Nurse sees that McCaw, if he's just aggressive, he could be a really solid talent. We've seen it in flashes over his tenure with the Raptors, and maybe he executes plays like that in practice, the way Fred, Lowry talk about him, but it's something about the game. Something about the games where he just falls within the flow of everything. Maybe not trying to do too much. I don't know what it is, but I'd like to see a assertive McCaw more often. We can also talk about OG like that as well. Tonight, OG, nothing... Nothing too stand out. Played a played a solid defensive game, but uh, seven points, three rebounds for OG, and made some made some really nice cuts. That's a that's one thing about OG. I've maybe talked about it every second podcast. If OG could just be a bit more aggressive, confident, focused with his dribble, he he'd be such a such an elevated player. And we saw that more so at the beginning of the season. But the, everyone listening to the podcast has heard that rant before. But he made a few really nice cuts tonight, and that's something. That's a place where he really excelled in his rookie season. And I'd like to see OG if he's not going to be doing those drives. And I know his handle scares a lot of people, which is fair enough. It's not super tight yet. I, I like him making those drives just because of his size and finishing ability. But if he can, if he's not doing that, he's got to make those cuts. And Fred Van Vliet, Lowry, they're going to feed them. Fred made two really nice dimes for OG. He can dunk everything around the rim. So if he, he can make those cuts in the same way uh, Andre Guadalla would for the Warriors or... I'd hate to bring his name up, but a Damari Carroll for that 2016 Atlanta Hawks team. If he can make those, I, I'm going to get flamed for saying OG should play like Damari Carroll. But if it, if he could do those sort of sorts of cuts, then th- that would just be such an asset to his game. And he's got the feel for it. He's shown he's capable of that because that's a, certainly a skill, being able to read the game, know where to be. And I, he's shown an ability to do that. That would really help him out and probably help out his confidence because you get a few buckets going, those threes go down. The, the drives, you feel more comfortable with that. So those are the starters. Rondy Hollis Jefferson came back and had a revenge game against his team. Uh, 10 points, plus 21 for the game. Uh, the highest plus minus out there. Four steals, two assists, five rebounds. Classic Rondé Hollis Jefferson game. Got a lot of shots around the rim. Missed a few, but always makes up for it. And he, he had a play too. We're going to leave it for the segments. But at the end of this one though, he, he was really looking to attack. And the Raptors said, hey, show these guys why, why they were wrong not to bring you back. And Obviously, he's on the minimum with the Toronto Raptors right now, and it's really weird. If you look at his stats, his trajectory, I know he had a kind of a fall-off last season. He can't really shoot, but he's been a huge positive for the Toronto Raptors, in my opinion. He's Riker's favorite player, so happy to see him get a win against his old team. Uh, Boucher, TD, they all came in. They played average games for the, those guys, seven points apiece. O'Shea Brissett, he, he came out. 
Real aggressive as always. Six points. Was 4-4 from the free throw line. And yeah, there's more to say about O'Shea in the segment. So we're just going to swing it straight into the segments because there's a lot to talk about tonight. The spicy P lay of the day. And it's going to Kyle Lowry. And don't poke the bear, as Matt Devlin says, because Kyle Lowry's a guy that if you amp him up, if you get him going, you got no chance. You got no chance if Kyle Lowry's fired up into it and you're, you're going at him. His, his pride takes over and the threes just start falling, starts raining. He gets energetic because he's the engine for the Toronto Raptors. And even if the shots aren't going down, he energizes everyone else. And he started off the game, Jared Allen, he ended up doing a little suplex, a little WWE suplex with uh, Jared Allen at the beginning of this one. And from that point, he was he was yapping, he was into it. Then when the refs start handing out technicals, the, the bear had been poked. And there was a lot of FU3s Kyle was, was shooting up. And... When, when Kyle's in a rhythm, he's he gets going, he's unstoppable. And this is what the Toronto Raptors need with Pascal Siakam out. I brought it up on other podcasts because with in Siakam, the Raptors find a way to get easy buckets. And honestly, Norman Powell was providing that too before he went down with injury. Because Kyle Lowry's a player that gets you hyped, is the engine, is the defensive guy, the, the, the coordinator out there. But he's not really great anymore at getting easy shots. You know, easy layups, easy easy twos, just to keep her offense going and keep it from a stunt. And that's why we see the Raptors go on massive runs in the, the past stretch of games and go through massive droughts because our offense is really relied upon Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet knocking down some tougher shots for as being smaller guards. Once Siakam comes back, that, that'll be easier, especially when we play teams like the Nets and, and less lesser competition, even though the Nets are pretty solid. But Siakam did a really good job of just getting easy points in games where we're playing lesser competition. Now, to become a superstar, he'll need to be able to do that against the Bucks and the Clippers and all those sorts of teams. But that's a topic for another another day. But the, the way the Raptors win, it's usually off the back of a Kyle Lowry-induced run. And tonight, the, the threes that he was hitting and uh, getting everyone motivated. Serge Ibaka uh, made an M1, and Lowry was screaming at the crowd, getting taking the crowd completely out of it. They were just angry at him for, for all of his antics. And as a Raptors fan, you'd love to see it. Then he came around, he was hitting some wild, long threes. Then the big one was uh, he came came around a screen, let one fly, it was, I believe it was the last one he hit, and waved off the crowd, waved them off completely, just said that, you know, this is this is the Raptors game and said it was over. So the Brooklyn Nets, they, they learned a valuable lesson, do not poke the bear. They learned it uh, in 2014 a bit, even though they ended up coming out on top. And the Nets, for people that listen to the podcast, know Nets are my least favorite team. He's the I I just have disliked them since Vince. Growing up as a kid, I was a young one. They stole Vince. And I just hate the Nets. They knocked us in the playoffs in the first playoff Raptors series I've watched. Knocked us out in the playoffs in 2014. Second series I've watched, they had Paul Pierce, who's a Mephis. They took, they made us give up two picks to take Damari Carroll, and then Damari Carroll was on that roster. And now they have my two least favorite players, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And you know, I'm not a hater of those guys; they're they're really good, but they're they're my least favorite stars in the league. And I don't know, they're they're a good roster, though. I got to give them credit; they're going to be good, especially when those guys come back. Particularly Kevin Durant. I'm not the highest on Kyrie Irving. I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that leads to a lot of wins, but certainly one of the best talents in the league. But Dinwiddie, Karis Levert. They Kevin Durant gonna come in. Jared Allen. They have, they have some good pieces, but it hopefully we stay strong enough where we can be destroying them when they're they're at full strength as well. But not all plays can be the spicy pile of the day, and some just make you say, "Oh, geez." And tonight I brought up Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He uh, had a return game against the Brooklyn Nets. That they let him go this season probably because he couldn't shoot threes. I think that was the 
this statement that was brought up over the summer because he does a lot of things really well and looking at what Nets fans have said about him, this is what he used to do for the Nets as well. But tonight he has a solid, solid game. Gotta gotta give credit where credit's due, but he had the certainly OG's moment of the night when he took an open corner three, the easiest shot in basketball in terms of a three-point shot, and completely airballed it. Uh, was the was the definition of an OG's moment. But I'm happy he had a solid one to, to finish it off. And yeah, the the finally the infamous, the Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. And look, I, I know he has a lot of fans out there. I know he has a lot of people, supporters, but Nick Nurse has given Stanley Johnson some run in, in both of the last couple of games. He's gotten eight minutes and he's really struggled to, to put anything positive out there on the court. At the end of the Christmas Day game, he made a few layups, but that, that's the really only streak of positive basketball we've seen from Stanley Johnson. And it, it doesn't have to be scoring. Like, he's coming out there and he's, it looks like he's just forcing his game a little bit too much. I know he had a couple open ones tonight, but it, it's he's just forcing his offense. And he's not doing the little things. Because what got Rondé Hollis-Jefferson minutes? What's getting O'Shea Brissett minutes? The little things. The rebounds. He had a few rebounds tonight, but just being aggressive on defense. Doing cutting all the other different things you can do on the court when the shots aren't going down, it hasn't really been there for Stanley Johnson from what I've seen. And anyone that's looking at Raptors Reddit, Twitter, they, they see the memes where Raptors fans are holding up O'Shea Brissett and leaving Stanley Johnson in to, to drown in a pool or whatever. You know you know how those memes go. But he's got to show something before Raptors fans. He's got to show us a glimpse of hope before we can say, hey, you know, fall in love with the guy, a deep bench player. So... I'm looking, I'm rooting for him because I know he's got the talent. I've seen him play for Detroit. He, he showed most of his flashes of brilliance with Detroit. Not too much with the Pelicans, but uh, I'd love to see him just impact the game in different ways. So he's getting the DeMarco Gold Star for me tonight. Uh, I'm rooting for Stanley Johnson. I, I love him when our deep bench players step up. So anyways, that that's enough from this one. It was a really fun game for the Raptors. Again, apologize it's later. Apologize if I... Sound a bit quieter through stretches or a bit sick on this one. But I'm hoping to bounce back soon. Been hoping to get rid of this for, for a while now. So, And the, the vids are coming back. Andre Drummond video should be out soon. Anyways, you're the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. Apologize. Uh, we're getting the social media revamped up uh, this 2020 season, especially when I get back to Montreal. Haven't been on it for a while. So it's going to be a fun year. Going to be a fun year. Anyways, cheers.